0: hey folks welcome to josh's worst nightmare oddcast presented by denver horror collective i'm your host josh schlossberg surveying the dark landscape of biological horror fiction for this episode we're being accosted by don noble don is a freelance artist and co-owner of rooster republic press and strange house books as folks know on josh's worst nightmare i invite on horror creators to talk about an aspect of biological horror which i define as living creatures vital processes relevant to their art this episode we're going to talk about drawing biological horror because don is a cover artist uh don welcome to josh's worst nightmare hey how's it
1: going nice to meet you
0: so glad you're here so don if you recall you drew the cover for my novella *Moline* for dnt publishing i sure did yeah and maybe that would be a cool place to just start because artists fine artists visual artists whatever you call yourselves you're fascinating to me because i can't draw for shit i i have cool concept ideas i have i think good art concepts but i draw like an ungifted child and <laughs> That's so. This skill of being able to turn lines into shapes that are recognizable is fascinating to me. So for Molina, which is about an elderly person and there's dementia and there's Lovecrafty and stuff, but I had just this idea of an older woman, an elderly woman in her ninety, staring off into the sea. That's that's was my idea, and you took it and you made it into like a an incredible moonscape with like, I don't what did you what did you even do? Like, I don't even understand how you made all the imagery and the like, what was the process for turning my very rudimentary idea into the beautiful cover?
1: Uh, I think a a lot of it is a lot of people focus on hyper realism, Hmm. especially with covers anymore. They're trying to make stuff look like movie posters sometimes. And I have this knack for uh, doing a mix of like uh, abstract. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll take a simple concept and I have developed this rapid fire failure system for creating covers where I fail so fast that I end up succeeding. Like it's just uh, the process that I use is a mix, is mixed media. So I do a mix of digital painting, like watercolors almost. Uh, And then mixed with some collages and composites of photography. And it depends on the project. So for something like yours, like I would talk to the publisher a little bit about the story about. Trying to get a vibe from it, essentially, is what I'm looking for. So once I kind of like once uh, the publisher kind of explained to me what the book was about, I was like, oh, okay, so we just don't, I just don't want to make this simple. I kind of want to make it like almost magical realism, like haunting a little bit But mm-hmm. I, I wanted to draw people in. So it's, you get a clear image of like, there's a woman on a beach, but there's something different and yeah. this. And basically I just experiment going through these processes. uh And until something clicks and it's, it's really about like failing really fast until I succeed. And I think that's, I think that's my biggest uh boon as an artist is that i don't look for perfection at all at first i'm actually going the opposite direction i'm throwing everything at the wall until something sticks and then that's when inspiration happens it's just uh there's that what's that saying that uh, inspiration doesn't uh come from it just doesn't come out of anywhere you start doing the work first Mm -hmm. and then you start that's when inspiration comes so a big chunk of doing any cover usually is me screwing it up uh, over and over and over again until I'm like, wait a minute, now I see. And then then it goes from there. And that's that's basically almost every cover process, unless I know, I've been doing this long enough now that sometimes I just, I know exactly what needs to be done and I don't have mm-hmm. to fail at it. I can just get in there and bloop and it's done.
0: Sure. Yeah, well, that's got a real clear parallel to writing as in a lot of us, our first drafts are just pure diarrhea like they're, they're they're supposed to be like that's the process that's the point get it out there puke it out and then kind of swirl what you have around so that seems to be a similar process for you in many cases
1: oh yeah absolutely i mean i used to write uh but my third novel just kind of split my brain in half and i i just i took all the fun out of it so i stopped and then hmm. we, we took over the presses and it's been so busy, I just really haven't even, I haven't even thought about really writing again since then. And I picked art back up because I was doing it underneath, like I was doing it under the hood and I wasn't doing it publicly, but I was doing a lot of covers for presses, hmm. like just uh, earlier in my career, like, man, I've been doing this 10 years now that I think about it. Uh, so, and then from there, I just, uh, once uh, once the art started and when I went public with the art, I haven't really written. I've been so busy just uh, making huh. covers and running the press that that's like my whole life, really. <laughs> like, Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a whirlwind. Like the business partner told me, it's been ten years. Like a few days ago, and I, I was like, "Fuck!" I thought it was six. I remember talking about a five-year plan. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, just anyway. Well, congratulations on that. That's quite a
0: feat. And yeah, your covers are. Phenomenal. Oh, Folks should you. check out Rooster Republic Press, and we'll have it linked to that for awesome. some of the examples there. So let's talk a little bit about biological horror. So that's my brand here. So i scrolling through a bunch of stuff. You do a lot of stuff that qualifies <laughs> as that. So basically anything to do with, I mean, I'm, I'm scrolling through, I'm seeing spiders here. I'm seeing a lot of visceral bodies, body parts decaying, skin stuff like that so maybe could you talk a little bit about do you have an understanding of anatomy or just kind of just go at it
1: i uh i trained myself when i when i first got in i've been doing art and writing since i was a little kid and my first love was comic books and one of the first comics i really fell in love with outside of uh x-men was probably spawn so there's a lot of body horror in spawn just a lot of rotted flesh, so much gritty detail from Greg Capullo as an artist. And that's where I really developed my pencil skills and my love for like, decay, and just, just, you know, biological horror, really. Uh, Yeah. So it started there. And uh, then you know, you you have a life progression of eventually, like, uh, I ended up doing a bunch of psychedelics when I was younger, from like Mm. 16 to about in my 20s i mean i still dabble here and there but mm-hmm. nowhere like i used to and then i got into uh the hospice field somehow and uh so there was just an endless an endless parade of body horror in my life <laughs> yes <laughs> so uh it's just uh i don't know it's from personal experience i mean I've, I've grown up on a farm i've you know when i was a kid so the you know just the brutality of just regular life on a farm with, you know, butchering animals and seeing that stuff, you know, like it all, it all plays a part eventually. So now a lot of the things that I do, uh, I'll be looking through when I start my day, when I'm making a pre-made, for example, I won't necessarily have any idea in my head what I'm going to do, I will be looking through tons of photo resources, just, and i'm usually not looking for i don't search for horror i'm actually looking at really beautiful stuff and then what i do is i take something beautiful and then i make it horrible <laughs> and that's what uh that's a, i'm looking at inspiration i'm like oh that's a really beautiful landscape yeah how can i make it horrible <laughs> so
0: that's yeah. that's awesome well in my mind they meld together and yeah i have in the past dabbled in psychedelics as well and it does certainly uncover other layers that it's clear your work does have a i i don't really know how to put it but you're touching into the other
1: let's put it yeah. that way. yeah there's definitely that that weird abstractness that i do uh is definitely i think influenced by psych on um, psychedelic divisions and stuff just the way you see when you've got a big fat dose in you and yeah how everything is you know you can see the geometric fractal patterns pulsating through a piece of wood and it's alive and has a face in it you're like holy shit <laughs> you're like what the fuck everything is alive yeah <laughs> but also beautiful at the same time so like i don't know the the weird uh the, the weirder and the the more bizarre it gets for me visually the, like the more i love it and uh I don't know it's just i don't know it's something i've always done and it's just really crazy that i've got a career out of it now it it i i honestly wake up every day and i'm i still like i'm going to go get my scrubs and i'm going to go to work <laughs> and I'm like, oh wait no i'm i'm an artist that's what i do now Fuck. <laughs> you know i'll slip in for another two hours i'm an artist i <laughs> yeah, earned yeah. it <laughs> like Shit. yeah
0: that's so, that's
1: so awesome so
0: i assume you're familiar with alex gray the psychedelic artist yeah Yeah. well it's interesting i like his stuff but i have to say i don't love it because it doesn't have the the darkness and i'm looking at one i think it's a pre-made we get along one of your covers and Mm. to me that's the closest to like that's what i wish alex gray drew so you have like a body and it's like you can see the brain and the digestive tract and just all sorts of like, I don't even know what's going on in there, but do you know which one I'm talking about?
1: Ah, oh, shit, man. I make so many covers. I have to, <laughs> I have to look through this stuff. Uh, it's not ringing a bell, but it sounds like a lot of my work. <laughs> it's <laughs> well, it's
0: beautiful and dark and, and scary, but yeah, it's your, your stuff does have a beauty to it. It's right. and what I'm learning as, uh, a writer I and mean, you're a writer too but like i'm somebody who's not drawn a lot and i can appreciate art i certainly can i'm i'm kind of like a a natural world guy so i, I mm. like i guess landscapes the most uh but i i don't have a amazing eye for art all the time so for me like a cover like yeah for sure is is pretty important but i realize for most people for most readers covers are are so essential like i didn't actually right. realize how important covers were um so more and more realizing that you're like the as as the cover artist for you're like the i don't have a good analogy in place but you're the you're the doorway through which if people are not interested in walking through that doorway of the cover they ain't going to read the book
1: right so yeah
0: really important role that you play
1: yeah i feel uh for me it feels like being a uh, a midwife for the most part like Hmm. i'm literally just helping people give birth to their dreams uh hey there's that cover we get along i just i just found it Uh, yeah yeah yeah, that's uh yeah that one's pretty gnarly but (laughs) yeah basically it's it's either that analogy of me being a midwife or being at the front of a train and the coal you're feeding me is your dreams and i'm just trying to feed it into the furnace and get you from point a to point b and like I i have such a vested interest in making sure people's covers look good so that i mean it reflects on both of us you know you want an interesting and striking cover that because i see so many people especially writers if you're new to this and you get into the business and you're looking for a designer especially if you're looking into horror and stuff there's so many quote-unquote designers out there that will just take a single image uh from say like a, a, a like wiki commons or whatever yeah and then they'll terribly slap fonts on it and your book could be amazing you could have written something like you, you could have written a masterpiece and then they just throw this untouched single image on there lazily throw some fonts on it yep. Yeah. and then people it could it could do your book a real disservice and that's just being a writer myself the part of the reason i started doing my own cover art again is because i I got tired of getting burned by people. Like when I started 10 years ago, I didn't yeah. know anybody. I was a complete noob. And, uh, I mean, got a couple thousand dollars that just out the door that I was like, man, I have just, I am a sucker. Is it my face? Like, am I, am I just really <laughs> stupid or something? <laughs> so I was like, I'm just gonna, go, you know, like figure out uh, how to paint digitally so I can start doing this stuff myself. And uh, it was really out of spite how all of this began. (laughs) So mostly just trying to figure it out on my own. And then next thing you know, I'm helping other people. And it just kind of like, it's just kind of grown organically from there. Yeah, people Uh,
0: people underplay and they downplay spite I I say never do that.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, it is literally fueled my whole life. (laughs) It's a. Uh, it's been. It's been amazing, and it's not even like I'm really all that upset or mad. It's just sure. like, oh yeah, oh yeah, you son of a bitch. Guess what?
0: <laughs> Gonna do this now. Gonna do this yeah. instead.
1: Yeah. Well, it's
0: it's beautiful. It's beautiful stuff, and and that's awesome that you're doing this for basically a living, and and uh yeah. that's that's beautiful. So, what would you say is your
1: favorite thing to draw? Oh man, I don't get enough monster covers. Monsters. it's so it's so crazy i want to do the most gnarly gross crazy looking stuff just but then you know a lot of, you know i i get a lot of housework i do a lot of houses i say that it's uh which doesn't like i love it it's just so funny to me like when i was a kid learning how to draw uh i hated doing architecture i just i just couldn't stand it hmm. but now it's just like there's a you know, a lot of a lot of horror revolves around, you know, haunted houses and stuff right. like that, and they look beautiful. I love the covers, but like I really love doing like just almost something like The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, just gruesome stuff. You have you can have a lot of fun doing stuff like that. And it. I don't really get a lot of those requests, which really kind of like like, man, I'm in the horror industry. Do you think I'd be doing more stuff like this? But it, it, it's actually, I think, for the best sometimes. Mm-hmm. that you know like it's the thing in horror like if you reveal the monster sometimes you ruin the movie like <laughs> the movie's so good and you're watching it and then like this guy in a rubber costume comes out and you're like ah god damn it <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like just took all the fun out of it
0: yeah but, there's something to that yeah but of course there's always other creatures that maybe aren't even a right. 100 relevant to the plot yeah i'm a fan of monsters and i, I agree there should be more monsters
1: yeah or there. just you know even more like i don't know i i want to make like that's the difference is like i understand that sometimes i don't need to do that because it's a book cover and i'm not making a movie poster but there's a lot of those lines are being blurred because like sometimes like in the past i would tell people look at a stephen king book like the stand yeah uh that's you know it's got like a little white figure versus a little black figure and there's nothing else you have no idea what the hell else is going on with that cover it's just good versus evil you know a little symbol and the horror is so visceral it people want to go crazy with the covers and i I love that i love going absolutely that's with covers but sometimes since it's a book you really have to pay attention to spacing uh where are you going to put your fonts where are you going to put your blurb and all that stuff and there's such a such a different art form compared to like me just doing art that i love right this is what i consider production art which is book cover stuff like i mean i still consider book covers art but it's a different kind of art for me it's it's not me just being free and going crazy right it's it's, it's calculated
0: it's uh yeah it's i mean it has to represent the text at the same time it does stand on its own and has its own impressionistic aspects to it but yeah it's a i mean it's a whole genre of mixed media i mean i guess because you're yeah it's it's not just a picture on its own it's so much more than that really
1: yeah you know there's there's so much it's difficult because not every cover like everybody sometimes has very specific uh ideas about what they want their cover to work or to look like and uh Sometimes I can nail it. Sometimes uh, I think people push it a little bit too much. Like they they want 17 characters on the cover. (laughs) Like, listen, man, it's not a movie poster. Those people are going to be tiny. (laughs) Like like it's not going to make visual sense the way you think it's going to. It'll look okay, but... Also, it'll be god awfully expensive. So please don't do that to me. I don't want to work that hard and I don't want you to pay that much money. Like, come on. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You gotta know, and you gotta leave it up to the artist, I think, for the final say. I mean, like folks like me who might have a concept. Right. Beyond that, it's the artist's job who knows that world to for what to do. And I see in your covers, you have a mix of both there's complex and then there's subtle, like some that are just very simple and and subtle like and then there are some that go really really in detail
1: yeah it's like I, they, uh, they
0: both work though they both work
1: yeah i uh, i i love minimalism so much but then i i mean i just love i love art in general and i have no particular one love for i just don't do like there's there's artists out there they have one particular style and they are fucking experts at it and right. i could never touch what they do because it's like a video game in a way uh your time invested and your skill points put into certain areas so you take a guy uh, uh who's a uh, justin t coons he has that very classic illustration look it it almost looks like an old conan cover like an old frank frazetta mm-hmm. movie poster kind of thing and i just it I could do that, but it would take me forever mm. to do that stuff. And what I typically do is I'm all over the place. Uh, I will experiment with styles. I mean, any any kind of style that catches my eye. I, I've never been to art school or any of that. I just pay attention to the way things look. Oh. And sometimes I'll be watching TV and then there'll be a very minimalist looking commercial from like Nike or something. And I'm like, I ah, fucking Nike. But I was like, God damn, those cover those colors really pop uh, the way that they did those like just silhouette on stuff. I was like, man, that looks really good. And I, I bet if I could, uh, I bet I could manipulate that into being something for horror. Then it turns out yeah. it turns out it can. It can work really good. I love the minimalist covers. I think uh, they're one of they're very striking. I mean, yes, uh, it's like pop art to me. Uh, yeah. So those work really, really good, I think. And they're, they, just, I think they just kind of work better as book covers sometimes. But then again, you know, like I'm looking through some of the stuff and some of the stuff that's over the top. I was like, man, that looks pretty good too. I don't know.
0: It, it all <laughs> looks really good. And that's what's interesting is if I maybe had a better eye, I could place, Oh, okay. I can see how that's the same artist and sure I can look and see, Oh, that's somewhat similar concept to the other one and, and right. similar look, but really it's like each of these are, unique creations and yeah i wouldn't guess that this is just one artist really
1: yeah it's uh every every project is very kind of standalone because i don't depending on what is needed for the project or if i'm making a pre-made i'm constantly tinkering and experimenting with stuff so yeah. i'm not i just don't want to get bored with it and i don't want to pigeonhole myself uh sure most it's not even really about money or anything like because i really enjoy doing this so i'm most of the time just listening to really weird music and uh uh, just playing with images and playing just playing with paint basically on a digital landscape that's just seeing what comes out of it
0: so what kind of music do you listen to then while you're oh god
1: i mean man i i i have such uh like i don't know i go all over the place sometimes i'll get into world music i found some uh French band a while ago. I, I couldn't stop listening to La Empatrice, uh, the the Empress, I think, is what it translates to. Yeah. But they have a, they had this horror music video. It's called Afraid of Girls, but it's in French, and it's this little hottie like running around like just brutalizing men, and it's such a poppy, catchy song. I was I could not stop listening to it. I I, I was like Jesus. I'm like a, I'm in love with this band, and I have no idea who they are. And like I, I know like three songs. And then, so I'll get I'll get stuck on stuff like that. Yeah. And then I'll come across some like hardcore industrial, like it's just a mad screaming guy and machine noises, and everybody hates it. And I just (laughs) I just love it. (laughs) That inspires
0: you. Does it kind of like take your mind in a little different place to free up
1: your unconscious? Would you say? Uh, it's usually just a mood setting. You, it's usually just a like kind of like a background noise. Like uh, I, I'll i put on the like the, uh, the soundtrack to the new uh, Suspiria, hmm. one particular song called Volk. And it's just like this polyrhythm off, it's like offbeat incantation song and there's no words. It's just, it sounds like a horror movie. Hmm. And sometimes I'll be in the mood for that and I'll just turn out a bunch of images listening to that one song all day long. And I have to have headphones because I will drive everybody around sure. me absolutely insane because I'm just in this meditative mode. I'll go into it and I'll forget that I won't eat. I won't drink. Uh, I'll, like, I'll get up and use the bathroom like a couple times maybe. And then next thing I know, 12 hours will pass and I've done like four or five covers. Wow. And it's just uh, I just kind of I just kind of focus and get under the zone. Like on some level, I, I'm probably like I don't have like health insurance or anything yet. So I've never been checked as a kid because I'm like from the, the sticks and I'm poor shit. Well, I well, I'm a kid, so I, I don't know, I might be on some level autistic, but it's working for me. So yeah, you, know, <laughs> like,
0: you want a little no place that all yeah. artists want a little tinge of that that's yeah. it, it helps and goes a long way. But that's, oh, yeah. that, that's fascinating. So would you say that the music you listen to influences like let's say you listen to like the folk singer donovan do you think then you draw this like happy hippie trippy stuff is Absolutely that how that works not. yeah
1: whatever i'm going to make is going to be horrible it's i can't not make like you'd have to pay me money to do something beautiful like <laughs> it would be so against it would be like petting a cat backwards you know i would just <laughs> i would not be happy with it unless you paid me a bunch of money and then i'd be like all right I guess I'll, I'll suck go. it up all right you're like ah, oh, fuck it you know I, I do have some medical bills to pay for it. god damn it. <laughs> but for the most part uh i think this would be the alarming part is i make more art to no music than i do to music hmm. uh it just depends on the mood sometimes like if i Uh, if i come across the song i'll just fixate on it for sometimes for a week until i can't absolutely stand it anymore and then uh and then i'll probably won't listen to that song again till i don't know maybe years and years later or maybe never so it just really depends uh all of the art is going to usually be focused on horror or some kind of like wondrous like fantasy shit, but uh yeah for the i mean for the most part like a lot of the stuff if people heard i'm listening to like a lot of weird pop for a lot of times sometimes i listen to uh the whispers rock steady for like three whole days and made so much horror art so it, it, there's no direct correlation i'm like the music is just i like upbeat stuff even if the upbeat stuff sounds like transformers uh killing each other brutally right. like <laughs> as long as it's upbeat that's 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 all that matters puts me in a good mood well, that's, <laughs> that's cool because yeah i don't usually listen to music when i'm
0: writing like i find it distracting unless it's sort yeah. of like sitar music or just something like that if
1: Aspheric. there's spirit yeah
0: yeah otherwise it's too distracting but with art yeah i could see that that fitting in perfectly because you don't have the you're not doing the words there you're just in the right. imagery and the feel so that goes along perfectly as a, I'm, i'm a musician like so i'm not an artist right. so i'm a musician so i get that world but, but yeah. the art world i don't yeah, although i did win a contest when i was in sixth grade i drew like this environmental art thing and all my mm-hmm. friends were like great artists and i just drew this stupid piece of shit, and i won this contest that, <laughs> that was happened. the pinnacle of my artistic career but, man that ha-
1: i remember being an artist as like i was in sixth grade i think and i was in el paso at the time and i was uh Doing this thing for future technology or whatever. We were supposed to uh, draw something. And I drew this very intricate, like uh, uh, a Ruvian man, the v- v- man, whatever the hell that's called. Huh. Like that, uh, you know, the guy splayed out. It's the old uh, Leonardo da Vinci thing. But I kind of uh, did a play on that and uh, did it like a half machine man and half human body and stuff. And I put hours and hours and hours into that. Wow. And this kid just uh, took a picture of a computer and glued it to a, a whiteboard and then <laughs> threw a bunch of paint on it and then won this contest and i was like after that i was like son of a bitch <laughs> well i, I think those were self-esteem those <laughs> were self-esteem contests
0: for people like me they're like all right well, people <laughs> like donna or I was, they're already and everyone knows it josh yeah. can't draw for shit let's make him. <laughs> let's make him feel good <laughs> right
1: yeah, as a kid, I was like, I'm never trying that hard again, you sons of bitches. <laughs> like, Interesting. I got over it. Yeah, I got
0: over it. That's so, funny. Yeah, it probably uh it squelched all the real artists and then made people like me think that we could draw. <laughs> uh, but no, it was my it was my concept. It was an environmental content, and we were supposed to draw something. Uh I won't grow up. So the idea of being a kid and being afraid of the the future is fa- a fairly dark concept but uh we yeah. we drew that and so i drew a picture of like a, a dumb cartoon picture of earth crying with kind of like garbage in the form of like oil barrels because that's all i could think to draw for garbage and then there's right. saturn off in the cosmos with kind of buck teeth because i was into drawing buck teeth at the time <laughs> and what saturn was saying no garbage yet and that one won. <laughs> so they put it on a t-shirt and everything. It was through oh, Bachelor college, which was like a college nearby. And uh, <laughs> so I still have the t-shirt. My mom actually framed that. They sh- it's interesting. That's still on the wall of my parents' house, but like none of my book stuff is. So.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. though. That's, that's funny. Yeah. God, man. Uh, luckily, I, I'm not super close with a lot of the family because like, you know, I started writing horror like <laughs> a couple of them reached out and they're like, Hey, we've got your first book. And they're like, okay. And then, you know, I was no longer invited to babysit enough of that. Yeah. It's not a way to endear <laughs> yeah. you with family members. That's what i
0: found. Yep. Like, this is not very Christian at all. <laughs> like, oh. Well, but that's the point. You can't write to appease your family. That's no. literally the opposite. Um, and same with drawing. I'm sure you're not like, oh, I wonder what mom would think about this. That's,
1: you don't <laughs> want that censorship in your head there was some in my early childhood i don't know i want to say around 10 to 12 there was uh the part of the family my mom's part of the family got super like christian and like turned into zealots a little bit mm-hmm. And i've been drawing monsters since i was like five or six years old so all of a sudden you know that focus was on me and somehow i was possessed and there was talk about getting an exorcism and they burned all the comic books i drew holy shit and fucking and I swore to those people, I was like, listen, like, we're going to get older and you probably won't ever see me again, but you'll see Uh, me at your fucking funeral. And that's it. Just to make sure that you're dead. And (laughs) and I've kept that promise. (laughs) 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 Fucking bastards. But, uh, But now, you know, some of them, those same people that were involved in that, they come back years later and now I'm doing the same thing I was doing as a kid, but I'm making a living from it are like, Oh, we're so proud of you. I'm just like, now shit. we
0: like it. Yeah. That's yeah. always the way, right. As soon as yeah. it gets you status and it's acceptable, they're like, Oh, well now, now I see the value in it. Yeah. Eat all of my shit and hair. Just fuck out. Of it. Just <laughs> well, maybe that adversity is what inspired you
1: in a strange way. It, it is. It is really, it's that spite stuff. Like it's not a, I have this perspective on life that if there was no challenge, if there was no hardship, we would get bored as fuck. Like I th- I think it's built into like it's needed. It's needed on earth. I mean, what happens if you put it like say you're playing a video game and you turn on God mode? Like it's fun for a little bit, but right. then there's no challenge. You get bored. You don't you don't play the game anymore, you turn it off. And I think that's uh for me, that's a lot of what life is like. It's like, do I like the challenge? God no fuck. I just want to sit around and be lazy and fucking get high and eat hamburgers. But <laughs> if that was the case you know like i would nothing would ever get done you would yeah. never experience anything you'd so. be
0: tired of it it would be it would lose its pleasure it's that tension of opposites and yeah that it would get boring otherwise but there's do you know the band
1: ghost uh i've heard of them but I, man, i've never really listened to them i swear to god well I,
0: I for the imagery alone you might want to check it out but anyway they're they're kind of like metal pop they've become but anyway they have this song when you talked about the spite thing they have a song called he is. And it actually a lot of Christians think it's a it's a Jesus song because it, it basically is kind of like a love song, but it's a love song to Satan. It's like it's tongue in cheek. Like everything they do right. is tongue in cheek. Oh
1: okay, I got you.
0: But there's this line, it's he is he's the shining of the light without whom I cannot see. That's it's Satan, it's Lucy, right. but uh and he's insurrection, he is spite, he's the force that made me be.
1: Yeah. I know, so I like that.
0: There that's you go. Fun. The spite yeah. is not always a bad thing. You know, like I think if it's we're embroiled in nothing but that can be unhealthy. But right. I think a little bit of that, what is it? The little kernel of dirt in the oyster is what makes the pearl, something like that, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Man, I haven't heard that in a long time. Uh no, that's uh I think that's really that really kind of nails something uh as far as like motivation for for artists or writers or anybody really, like without that little kernel of spite, like, I don't know. Like, it's not like, I love the world and I love people and I want nothing but like peace and happiness and everyone to succeed and shit. But like, also there's like that that shadow dark part of yourself that like, you, you can't just turn that off. There's so much immense power there. I think as far as an artist goes that to ignore that, Stuff your stuff. It's gonna feel hollow. It's like Alex Gray's paintings. He's incredible, yep. but everything he does is always the holy, wholesome. Yep. Right. There's never any reflection, and that's that's fine. That's like
0: that's it's America.
1: You can do whatever the hell you want. You know, like he's obviously amazing at what he does. Sure. But I mean, a big tra- a big part of why I love psychedelics is some of. I mean, God, if you're a horror fan and you can handle like some hardcore stuff. Like the, the some of the visions I've seen, me, the visual states, because I, I used to take very, very big doses of magic mushrooms and LSD mm-hmm. and uh, DMT, whatever I could get my hands on. As far as it's within the tryptamine family, uh, some of those visual states are so alien and mm-hmm. so just otherworldly that human language is not even evolved to even even describe those those visual states and i see glimpses of it in computer learning uh when computers are learning how to see i can almost see i was like oh my god the computer's tripping balls right now like because that's how i've seen the world and uh i'm trying to like bring back parts of that to my art but in a way that's transcribable to people that aren't tripping but I don't know. It's I can't even put it into words. Sometimes it's a that's the beautiful thing about the fucking tripping experiences. Sometimes it's so far beyond the simple roadmaps of language that language begins to feel like a trap, and that the only way I can really express what I'm trying to say is visually, and I can't even do that. <laughs> so well, it becomes, that's, uh, the earlier, it becomes a quest.
0: that's the earlier art form, right? Obviously, words and language came along a lot, a lot mm-hmm. later. The earlier the earliest art form was sound and it was visual depiction. So that's right. closer to the source language is an artful, or it's an artifice. It's, it's artificial. Right. Uh, and yeah, I'm always trying to create a thing that it's like already exists. I mean, for me, it's just nature. I just look out in nature and that's kind of my art. And then I, sometimes I wonder, I'm like, all right, I'm writing here. I'm writing about a hike. It's like, why don't i just go on a hike what is the point (laughs) why am i even doing this but uh that's a whole other conversation but (laughs) yeah well i i really really appreciate you coming on i really appreciate your work uh your work on my cover and everyone else's so maybe tell folks anything you're working on right now and remind people where they can find your stuff
1: well uh i'm you can find me as a Frank Noble Art on Twitter and on Facebook, or you can always look up the website at www.roosterrepublicpress.com. There's a design services tab there that will, if you need a commission, and there's also pre-made covers that usually come out every week. I do usually two or three pre-made covers. Hmm. Uh, The last couple of weeks, I've been going through some surgery stuff, so I've been kind of slacking on that regard. But you, there's uh, that's the and always feel free to reach out on Facebook or uh, on Twitter. I'm hardly active there, uh, but I check into Facebook usually every day or every couple of days. And you can always email us at RoosterRepublicPress at gmail.com. And I usually answer within a day or two. If it's four days, like I, I've just been busy. Just give me a moment and I'll be back to you as shortly as possible. But yeah. Thank you for having me on. It was, it's been nice.
0: Of course. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Don. All right, thank you. Thanks for taking a trip with me through Josh's Worst Nightmare, where I, Josh Schlossberg, survey the dark landscape of biological horror fiction presented by Denver Horror Collective. If you don't want to miss any of the great and sometimes disturbing weekly episodes I've got planned for you, be sure to subscribe to Josh's Worst Nightmare on a variety of podcast platforms. You can also sign up for Josh's Worst Nightmare e-newsletter at joshsworstnightmare.com where I share a whole squirming mess of bio-horror, including my infamous haiku horror reviews and my latest dark scribblings. Speaking of which, if you haven't already picked up a copy of my cosmic biological folk horror novella, Malinae, from D&T Publishing, you can find a copy of the paperback Hardcover or ebook at amazongodless.com or Josh'sWorstNightmare.com. Yours, Darkly, Josh Schlossberg.